Hello and welcome to the Leaders' Council podcast, the podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. You join us in a capital on lockdown. I'm Matthew O'Neill, and today, as always, we ensure that we have a variety of distinct perspectives on leadership. First, we're joined by Alan Kauke, Managing Director of EWM High Tech Welding, a global leader in welding technology. Alan, hello. Hello, Matthew. How are you? I am well. Thank you for coming on the program today. Um, before we get into our conversation on leadership, I'd first like to address, of course, the gorilla in the room. Uh, how has COVID-19 affected your business? Well, at the moment, uh, we're trying to keep on running as best we can. We, uh, you know, we have a uh, commitment to all our customers to try and keep supply going because we supply the engineering industry and, and, and so we may be involved in, in production of of uh, key equipment. So whilst we have uh, a reduced uh, number of staff, we may have to um, furlough some staff, but we're trying to keep going as we have orders on the books and, and goods coming in and trying to get them out whilst we've had to, to make some changes to how we receive and uh, send out goods in order to comply and to minimize risk for, for our staff and for um, drivers and, uh, and anybody collecting and for our customers as well. So, yeah, we're trying to keep going as best we can. And same in our, uh, in our production facilities at the moment, we're still, we're still producing our products. Uh, again, with some reduced staff, with, with sales and, and office-based staff, mostly working from home. But at the production end, we're, we're trying to keep going and, and we have no reported cases within the within the group worldwide and hopefully this continues uh, towards, and it comes to a, a shorter conclusion, hopefully. Do you feel that the government's uh, relief packages for businesses and individuals within uh, the British economy has been enough? I, I think it's been a, an incredible response, to be perfectly honest, because mm. uh, nobody nobody could envisage this coming, and nobody knows nobody in, in my lifetime or anybody on the planet's lifetime has experienced a situation the same as this. So to, to respond in, in the manner that I have, I think has been uh, has been very good, and it, it, I think it, it, it's it's um, a credit to. Uh, the government at the moment, it, 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 you know, they responded to the people. Um, mm. My only slight concern is, is is recovery from this afterwards, how of it course. affects businesses and individuals. You know, it's got to be paid for one way or another. Absolutely. Uh, you know, by businesses and taxpayers alike. Uh, well, that's absolutely right. Uh, and it will be an interesting uh, few months to come. Um as we uh, move on to the subject of leadership, I always like to begin the conversation with a very simple question that sometimes has a rather complex answer. What does uh, the word leader mean to you? Uh, yeah, leader. Well, uh, a good question. And when you think about it in that way, yes, it's harder to consider. Um, you know, people in a business look look up to you for guidance, for advice, and for to make the decisions. You know, and you know this situation is a is an example. Uh, you have to make some decisions, and that's what that's what the position involves. You have to make those decisions, and you have to understand the implications of the decisions. And and it's 
you have to be prepared for different situations and you have to respond to them. Uh, sometimes you have to make quick decisions uh, to affect other people, to affect your business. And, you know, I've experienced that not always the, you're not always going to make the correct decision just because you're the leader. I, mm. I, what I always say, it doesn't mean I'm always right. And I'm always, as, as, as the leader of the company, I'm open to suggestions that often can be um, maybe better than my initial opinion. And I, I think it's important to have to, to um, some key decisions that you have to have somebody else within the company that, uh, that you can discuss. So, of course, it's um, important to be, be humble as well as a leader. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, absolutely, yes. Absolutely, 100%, yeah. Let's talk about um, the early part of your career when you first started out in the world of work. Were there any particular individuals or maybe a set of circumstances that really formed you into the man you are today? Well, well, the, the first you know, role model and, and leader in my life was, was, my, was my father, who was you know, in, in, in involved in business himself and from being in a, in a uh, some starting out from, you know, humble humble beginnings, we could say, let's say, in a, you know, a manual, a manual position and, and, and progress to be a, um, a senior position in a, a, the offshore industry, which is what led me to enter the offshore industry again with a, from a manual position as a welder for, for many years by trade, which then led me into... Mm. To my interest in, in in equipment and engineering as a whole, and you know, following on, and there's some good some good people within the, within the industry um, that I learned a lot from. I learned my trade from. Um, there was a different type of leadership in those days. I mean, I'm I'm uh, I'm 51 now, so as a, as an apprentice at, at 16 and 17 years old uh, on the river, where our business was building oil rigs, I think it was a, a very autocratic type of uh, leadership was was the norm in those days mm-hmm. and uh, you know completely different to to how you lead people uh, in the 21st century you know it, it's completely different how you how you um, um, integrate with with staff if you want to get the best from them it's not the way of the past you know it worked we got we got things done back in the day because you know or else was <laughs> was the way it was back then. But there was there was also some you know there was some good good people there from from but fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you did your job, that you, you know you got rewarded and you, and you kept your job. That was that was the way it was back in the day. So but it's important. Now, it's important to be able to evolve as a as a leader. As yeah, well. absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. You have to be. You have to go with the times. Yeah, as you say, you have to evolve. It's a good word to describe it. Now, how do you? Uh, what sort of leaders inspire you? Sort of leaders inspire me. Um, I think you have to be you have to be able to adapting to the situation. People who can you have to lead people in, in, in different ways. And um, it's hard to put to put names on it. Uh, I mean, you know, good leaders in in uh, oh, hard to say who's you know people who can man manage well. I mean, you know, I've. Uh, I can't even think of, of names to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, 
Well, it's, it's very difficult to, to pick out just a few, uh, isn't yeah. it? Because there are so many inspirational leaders out there uh, now. Obviously, you have the likes of uh, you know, Churchill uh, and yeah. Nelson. Uh, and uh, some people uh, I've heard in the past days talking about the, the prime minister uh, at the moment and the way he's handling this, this, this crisis. Um, well, to me, yeah, so yeah, well, I mean, you know, my opinion of of uh, uh, of our current prime minister. Previously, when we had a different leader of the uh, of the Conservative Party, was I wasn't sure he was the correct person to to move it move things forward. But I, I think he's proven a lot of people wrong, and even mm. particularly in my area of the country, in the northeast of England, would not be a um, you know, a conservative stronghold. It's been a Labour stronghold here for, for, well, for certainly my voting lifetime. And it changed my actual area where I live, completely changed after 35 years being under, uh, 33 years perhaps, of being under um, Labour Council control. You know, it changed on, on this the last election. And I think that uh, Mr Johnson has... Um, has changed opinions of a lot of people. And yes, you've got to say he's proving to be more than, you know, I, I won't say the way some people have described his, his kind of style, but I think he's, he's won a lot of people over, particularly in, well, in fact, since he came into, uh, into government. And of course, we're recording this within hours of the news that the Prime Minister has contracted yeah, coronavirus. Yeah, and we do wish him the best of health. Um, Absolutely. Unfortunately, our time together has drawn to its close. But before I let you go, what does next 12 months have in store for EWM High Tech Welding UK? Well, we, we actually had, um, coming into this, I'm actually writing an email to our CEO and head office here. We had some, some very um, encouraging orders that have come through and that are in the pipeline. So I'm, I'm hoping, that, and therefore, some key, big, big key blue chip accounts throughout the UK. And I'm hoping they, they still go ahead and we, 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 can, um, we can continue. We have to be careful with the company and, and make sure that we, we come through this uh, as strong as we were going into it as, as a group. So we have to stick together as the whole country does and listen to the advice given by the government and hopefully we can uh, come out of this faster. Well, Alan, then, I'd like uh, to thank you so much for coming on the program. It's been an absolute pleasure and I hope that we can speak again uh, at some point when this is over. Alan, thank you. Thank you very much, Matthew. Pleasure. That was Alan Kauke, Managing Director of EWM High Tech Welding UK. And now, if you haven't heard it before, is Jonathan White's exclusive interview with Sir Jeff Hurst. Uh, we're now joined, uh, though, by former England footballer and still the only man to score a hat-trick in a World Cup final, Sir Jeff Hurst. Uh, thank you very much for coming on today. Uh, You're welcome. You're welcome. Good afternoon. Uh, and perhaps I should uh, start and get it over and done with. I know you must be bored with it and uh, you've probably been asked a thousand times. But when you got out for a duck playing for Essex, uh, Jeff, what was going through your head at the time? <laughs> well, of course, that's not one of the most asked questions I get. Oh, there, there are one or two people who are very familiar um, who, who do Google me realise that I did uh, score nothing for Essex. Uh, for my only game for Essex, first team when we played against Lancashire in Liverpool, a place called uh, uh, Egbert in, in, uh, in Liverpool, many, many years ago, 1962, I think that was. 
So I didn't, and, um, yes, I, I didn't really feel it at the time. It was lucky to be <laughs> playing, I guess, with one or two injuries. Um, but the problem that I had was, was really messing about between the two sports. That was very detrimental to me uh, over that period of time, mm. being stuck between the two sports. And I think uh, for those that uh, don't know, there's a there's a, another world that might exist where um, Sir Jeff Hurst was a, a first class cricketer and not perhaps a, a footballer. But um, whether it's business or cricket or or football, obviously the importance of leadership it can't be understated, no matter what form that comes in. When you were at West Ham, uh, Jeff, and when um, Ron Greenwood first uh, uh, came along, he made obviously some pretty radical changes. Was this a man that genuinely inspired confidence uh, the first time you'd meet him? Absolutely. I mean, he, he was simply a, a fantastic uh, coach or teacher, if you like, at the football. And uh, the, the quite always mentioned when we talk about Ron Greenwood, Harry Redknapp, who was played under him and has been very successful as a player and, and the manager over many, many, many years. He um, He's come across many coaches, of course, and managers during his time over the years, I guess he would still say that Ron Greenwood is the best coach he had worked with. He'd worked with. So you're very fortunate. I think you think you're lucky when you come across if you have a great teacher at school and a great coach as we had in Ron Greenwood and, of course, a great manager in Sir Alf Ramsey. So to come across people like that of that calibre can have a huge influence on your your career, of course, and, and then your life. And that's, that's quite purely the case. Absolutely. And in those early days um, at West Ham, uh, with, with a manager like, like uh, Ron uh, there, it's also important to have uh, uh, confidence with your other players. And of course, they become your friends. Who did you look at to at the time uh, when to inspire confidence in yourself? Was it more? Was it Peter's? I think probably, well, I was very fortunate to play with the calibre of the players I did. Again, again, extremely fortunate to play with you know, the captain um, of England and West Ham and Martin Peters, who was a fantastic player. And some, as far as Martin's concerned, I think sometimes he didn't quite get the uh, recognition he deserved. What a wonderful player he was. In terms of inspiring confidence, I always probably say that the biggest influence uh, for me, I guess, would be the captain, Bob Moore. Although he was only... Uh, about eight months older than me, he graduated through the system probably three or four years earlier. He played for England in 62, four years before the final when I played. And so he, he was more, looked upon him more as a senior player, if you like, not as a, a guy with the same age group as me. And I looked at how he how he uh, trained, how he acted, how he behaved, and how he played. And so he, he would say, I would also say he was a big influence on me. One thing I would say about leadership, uh, well, I do I do understand clearly all walks of life. Leadership is at the top; is absolutely vital for a, a for a business, a football team, in any walk of life to be successful. And it's quite evident. I was in the motor trade for a long time as well, selling car warranties to car dealerships, and you could almost tell when you walked into the business uh, in a, many of the car dealerships. You could almost tell from the moment you walked in by initial reaction people came and welcomed you that the business was well run or conversely not well run at all. And so I understand the, the value and quality of leadership and that's why I'm very fortunate to 
be involved with my career in those early days were two two great leaders in, in Ron Greenwood and, and Alf Ramsey. Absolutely. And um, since you've already uh, brought him up, uh, Jeff, I think it'd be remiss not to go a little bit further with that. But obviously, uh, after uh, oh, at West Ham, your uh, plan came to the attention of uh, South Ramsey. Now, there's a man, I'm sure, when you walked into a room, you knew who was um, in charge. When it came to managing that England team, what was his style like, Jeff? Well, one thing, especially with South Ramsey, he's probably over my life the most powerful influence who had on me um, as a person. Um, mm. Naturally, it happens to an extent because he's got your whole career in his hand, whether he picks you for England or he doesn't pick you. It can have a great impact on your, <laughs> your career and, of course, your life. But yep. in that era, I was involved for six or seven years. He, it was quite clear who was the boss. He was quite very, very strict. Probably at a time... At, Maybe overly strict for the time. You probably wouldn't get necessarily get away with it in, in today's football because it's changed dramatically in how you deal with with players then and players now. But he was the most powerful man I came across, and very few people. And he, he was quite ruthless in getting people out who didn't want to be who didn't want to be part of a group, part of a team. It is important that if you've got a group of people, and that's in any walk of life, they're all singing off the same hymn sheet, and you don't have anybody that's griping or moaning about the system. And if you've got people like that in the organisation, one thing I have learned and I've taken on in my life, my family, you've got somebody in a group that doesn't want to be part of it, you, you get them out. And Alf, I think, was was quite ruthless with that in his, in his staff. And I think that's one, thing I, one of the most serious things I think I've learned over a long period of time. And is there, do you think... Uh a specific moment, I'm sure there's probably dozens, but is there a specific moment, if you could uh, perhaps pick right now, that did show those uh, qualities in uh, Sir Alf so uh, sharply? Yes, I think for, for me, certainly, um, I think there are instances of players who you thought would, would be in the team, or certainly in the squad, and surprising there were not. There was no necessary reason for it, but looking mm. back, I do think perhaps they were people that Alf didn't think wanted to be part of the group. Um, so that that's that for me. In terms of my personal view, I think that it looked prior to the um, World Cup that I was going to be playing um, in it, only a few games before. I was I was playing and I played with Jimmy Greaves in the game against Yugoslavia only a couple of months before the final. And it looked at that stage as if I was going to be, be playing. In, in the team but uh, in a couple of friendly games more friendly games before the final in Poland and uh, uh, Norway I think in Denmark mm. I didn't I played two of the four games and I probably didn't quite replicate my my form that I'd been showing at West Ham and in the early couple of games for England and he he left me out in the first game of, of the World Cup against uh, Uruguay he started off with Jimmy Green so mm. I, I had an impact of thinking I, at that stage I like I was going to play and didn't start because of just a lack of form. I didn't play quite well enough to justify my position. And somewhat fortuitously, I only got back in the team because of a, a nasty gash to shin um, on Jimmy Lee's leg. And I think what you've said there, uh, Jeff, actually does sum that up really well. And more than that, whilst it's important to have that 
someone in charge with those qualities, it's almost useless if there isn't a strong and unified team behind them. And there really must have been moments, maybe there weren't, but uh, let us know in that 66 competition, the prolonged pressure on all of you, you know, the weight of a nation, did it get to you? Oh, not for me personally, no. I, I think, and I don't, uh, not for me, not for a second. I think mm. I was just happy to be, you know, be involved in the squad initially. Um, not at all. I didn't, you're not aware of the magnitude of the occasion, really, looking back out. Mm. So I never really felt, people talk about pressure a lot and it's there and people, players talk about people talk about it in life. I didn't really feel necessary to feel any great pressure, pressure during the time I was there. And what is also important to say about Alf Ramsey, the people he, he left behind that were left in the squad after he moved one or two players out, the squad were uh, a, a bunch of very hard-nosed, professional, uh, top-quality people. And that was, again, the leadership that Alf showed. He, he got people in together that were very, very strong personally. Um, uh, and I think that was part of the success we had. We were very... I always describe our, our group as hard-nosed professionals. Um, we have some great players, but overall, they were great hard-nosed professional players um, and great quality people who we've kept in contact with, you know, over the years. And Jeff, I've got to ask, and I'm, I'm not making this up, I've genuinely heard that people do ask you whether or not you realise there were people on the pitch at that moment. I imagine you were busy on something else. Well, I... I did some theatre shows last year. They've gone fairly well, and we're going to do a series of uh, theatre shows. In fact, starting this week, over the next uh, two or three months. And uh, at the end of the theatre shows, we have about 20 minutes where we uh, uh, allow the people in the audience to ask questions. And the, the, there's, I won't mention both. They're too long to talk about both questions. Um, one, the other one's a really stupid one. It's too long for me to tell you. It's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> but the, the, the other ridiculous question I get asked, did I realise there were people on the pitch? And of course I jokingly say, yes, I was just about to, to shoot to score the goal and I looked round, put my foot on the ball and looked round for a little while and said, oh dear, there are six or seven people running on the pitch. So that's, uh, I've had been asked that once at one of the theatre shows. <laughs> so I joke, make a joke about that and saying, yes, I put my foot on the ball and waited but just had a, look, had a glance round, you know. Maybe it does prove there are things that such as stupid questions, really. Um, oh, yeah, there are. There certainly are. I've got another one which I won't bore you in too. It won't be too long to tell you. Uh, I was in a jersey or Channel Line, Jersey or Jersey, two or three mm. years ago, and most stupid, irrelevant questions that absolutely nothing to do with football whatsoever, which uh, was absolutely. But I can use that now because it, it is quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe another time then. But we. Um, uh, well, you want me, I, I can think, tell you if you want. You want. You got time. I can tell, I tell you if you want. Jeff, go on. Go. On. I think I'd be, it would be silly if I said no at this point. Okay. So I was uh, doing a, a at a dinner in you know, Channel Lines, three or four hundred people, black tie dinner, uh, guest of honor. Mm-hmm. And this occasion, I was speaking for about twenty minutes, then allowing uh, questions from the audience at the end of the evening, and there was usual football questions. And then all of a sudden, I heard a somebody at the back who who asked a question. I didn't quite hear what he said. He didn't have the microphone with him. So I said, I didn't hear what he said. Can you please give mm. this chap the microphone so I can hear clearly what he said? So the chap had the mic and he said, 
when a turtle loses its shell, is it naked or is it homeless? Right. <laughs> what, what a question. What a question. Uh, well, I think that would be in, definitely in the stupid category, wouldn't it? So we had a laugh about that. Is, uh, well, uh, and we... You've got to have a patient of a saint, I think, sometimes to put up with <laughs> well, things no, like that. Just, but then again, I found it amusing. I just found it amusing. In fact, some of the audience found it highly amusing as well. So it did, uh, um, it did make then again, laugh if you laugh If you can put up with my questions, you can probably put up with uh, anything. <laughs> um, but there, there would have become a point, though, um, Jeff, I think. Um, you were a young man when this happened, when you must have realised that people, teammates, began looking at you for leadership. Um, is that something that occurred to you or did you just realise that by, by quick, one way or the other, people actually begin to look up for you for inspiration? Well, possibly. That's never really struck me until you've actually mentioned it now, quite frankly. That's a new, a new question. Mm. Does anybody look up to me? I'm sure perhaps... Uh, there are there are people who pay you compliments of, of uh, fans of, of West Ham and uh, of Stoke, and of course in, uh, England fans who um, I, I think probably uh, it would be very immodest of me to to suggest I, I felt that somebody was looking to me for inspiration. Um, well, you, but, you don't but, have to, but I will. Uh, well, um, it's, it's okay for a third party to do it, uh, perhaps. Um, perhaps that may have been the case over the years. Uh, people look at you, and um, uh, maybe uh, it has a, a helpful effect. Uh, but I do think you, you, how you behave and set examples on and off the pitch is people must realise that that's, that has an influence. How you react and behave mm. to, to situations on and off the field surely probably has an impact to younger players coming in into the team laterally. Um, yeah. And and with that, looking at um, uh, football today, uh, is there anybody that you think particularly on the field or the sidelines that strikes you as someone with um, those qualities that you could identify in a in a natural leader? Um, well, a player, current players, you mean? Oh, players, managers, anybody that uh, you look to today, really? Well, I think. Some of the outstanding. I think the, the best example about a, a leader and at the moment is is, is uh, Klopp at Liverpool. Mm. He has been absolutely fantastic to uh, acquire the players and get them to their attitude is absolutely fantastic. They're great players, but there's more than just being good players in football. Isn't he? A good player with a fantastic attitude and their willingness to work for each other and the team is absolutely outstanding. Hence these unbelievable results. There are, you know, and the great players not always succeed as, as individuals, or probably even uh, certainly as a team if you haven't got the right attitude alongside it. And they're probably, and that that comes through the leadership. That's not just luck. Absolutely. That's, that's absolutely leadership. He'd be the best example, of course, in, in football terms today. Uh, easily, easily. And of course, but going back not that long ago, Alex Ferguson, who's just absolutely, mm. you've got to take him as the first example, but Klopp's only done this over a period of time, a short period of time. But if you look at the 25, 26, 27 years that Alex Ferguson did with Manchester United 
and subsequently since he's gone, how they they are not doing so well. He's the best example of management I've seen. We've seen we've probably ever seen, and I don't think anybody will see the light of that kind of leadership again. It's ast- absolutely astonishing, astonishing. And do you think? Could you imagine uh, Sir Alf or even Ron Greenwood managing teams today? Yes, I think so. I think yes, no, hmm. no question at all. I think they uh, Ron Greenwood. Yeah, well, the, the answer, straightforward answer, is yes. Um, That's a good they, answer. <laughs> the straightforward answer is yes. I can elaborate as much as you want, but the straight answer is absolutely categorically yes. Uh, and with um, and I know uh, if we could talk about this probably for the next hour or so, but um, I'm conscious of the um, time. Um, looking um, back uh, through your um, playing career, perhaps especially um, your time uh, for England. Who was it uh, that struck you more than anyone else on the pitch uh, that displayed qualities of not just leadership but uh, companionship and and level headedness that you think that have stuck with you all these years later? Well, I think we were, I was very fortunate, and I wouldn't take any one player out. I think looking at so that, many. yeah, so many, and that's why we were successful because we had so many. Um, showing all those qualities that you just mentioned uh, throughout the team, I think that that was outstanding, and uh, uh, and it's an opportunity to talk about uh, all of them in, in that breath. And there was nobody. And going back on an earlier earlier question for me, that um, all hard nosed professionals, good good teammates, mm. good socially, and that's why we kept in touch with each other on our golf days. Every year, uh, up until about five years ago, of course, with, with the uh, sadly dwindling yes. numbers, we we still got on. Our wives got on with, all together. All those years later, it didn't just finish after '66. That reunion, that camaraderie, that team spirit, mm. um, getting on with each other, lasted for, for a long, long, long time. And I wouldn't I'm... when it, when you put those those questions and how you categorise those. I would pick every one of the 11 players um, who you put in that category that were like that. There was nobody else. They were all outstanding. And I think that was a big part. I can't stress how big Absolutely. a part that was. And I've said that many, many times for the success of the team. We had some great and players. You- we had some great players, of course. But without the attitude <laughs> alongside that, going back to an earlier question, you, we wouldn't have been as uh, ultimately, ultimately as successful. Exactly. Without that, you, the 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 whole will never be greater than the sum of its parts. But with it, yes, the word the word is showed, the word is the word is team. Absolutely, and I always use the word team when I talk. Sometimes uh, together, everyone achieves more, and that that's the same in any walk of life. That, that's fundamental. And uh, lastly, Jeff, uh, looking if if you were to uh, give advice, and whether this is in sport or business or indeed any other walk of life. What would you identify, if you can, as the key tenant uh, that you can't go without in terms of leading a team, no matter what that team is? Single-mindedness, uh, single-mindedness, dedication, dedication to the job. Um, thinking about that 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 role, that job in leadership all the time. It's a huge part of your life. But if you, I don't think you can switch off. When you're in, in business at the top level or sport at the top level, 
you may, you know, have a, wait, have a couple of inch holiday, but I'm even sure it's these top managers and lead, leaders in all walks of life are away on holiday on a beach somewhere warm. I'm sure there's not, uh, there's, they will not switch off for, for two weeks um, and completely uh, not think about their role as the boss of an organisation. And I think that's, you're completely focused. You're always thinking about uh, things, thinking about improvements, and it's just dedication and uh, uh, tuning your life to being successful. Excellent. Well, Jeff, on that point, thank you very much for joining us today. You're welcome. Very good to nice to have a talk about this and just go over this, go over the past and just uh, refresh my mem- my own memory about the quality of the players I grew up with. Excellent. Uh, another time, uh, it would be great to talk again. Thank, thank you, Jonathan. Thank you. This has been the Leaders Council podcast. Thank you for celebrating excellence and leadership with us. I have been your host, Matthew O'Neill. Until next time, goodbye. Thank you for listening to our podcast. The views expressed within the podcast do not reflect the views of the Leaders Council of Great Britain and Northern Ireland, its parent company or subsidiaries, members of staff, other guests, or any other person therein associated.